morning. Thank you that your mercies are new. Thank you that they are new because we, we need new mercies. The mercies of yesterday won't sustain us today. We need your grace now. And you have chosen to speak to us through your word. And so, Father, give us wisdom, grace to, to hear it, to apply it. And, Lord, let it um, reveal more clearly how awesome and glorious you are. We ask these things in your son's name, Jesus. Amen. Okay, Matthew chapter 5. And let's remember what has just happened. Matthew 3, Jesus has been anointed, set apart for public ministry. God has then led him in to the wilderness to be tested um, and um, by Satan, who wants not just to test him, but to tempt him into sin. Remember, Satan wants to deter him, to get him off his course. And one of the things that Satan does, he brings him um, into the desert and asks him to to change stones into bread. He asks him to cast himself down from the temple and have God save him. And he shows Jesus the kingdoms of the world, so to speak, and offers them to him on the pinnacle of a mountain. And, and what we see is that these 40 days of testing for Jesus really are mirroring the 40 years in the wilderness of the Israelites. And that Matthew is presenting for us Jesus as the more faithful Moses, Jesus as um, the more faithful prophet who comes and does what Moses cannot do. Remember, Matthew's writing to Jews, and he's trying to show that Jesus is the, the prophesied Messiah and the King. And we continue to see this motif of Jesus being the better Moses, um, the ultimate Moses, so to speak, in Matthew 5, because Jesus has just begun his ministry in the area of Galilee, his Galilean ministry, which is the northern part of Israel. He's been gathering up people. He's been doing signs and wonders. And then they finally all sit down on a mountainside and Jesus comes and begins to teach them. And, and here we very much see uh, that, that clear metaphor of Moses coming down from Mount Sinai teaching the Israelites reading to them the law that the Lord has given them and Jesus is now doing the same thing he is he is giving his sort of inaugural address um, as the Messiah the King the prophet he is now declared he's been declaring the kingdom the coming of the kingdom and now he wants to tell them explain to them the ethics of the kingdom the life of the kingdom the charter of the kingdom so in other words, if you want to be a part of the, of the kingdom of God, here's what you need to understand about him and about his law and why, and why I've come and what it means to be a citizen of this kingdom. And so that's sort of the context. They're all sitting around and, and at is, in Israel you can see the general spot where this probably was or, or tradition has it and it's a beautiful spot, overlooks the Sea of Galilee. It's a natural amphitheater. People are on the hills. Jesus might have been out in a little boat out in the edge of the water so his voice would carry and project. But here he, he gathers the people up, most likely thousands, uh, his disciples sitting closest to him, and he begins to expound this teaching. Now, for us to really understand what's happening here more clearly, let, let me address a misconception that, that maybe, maybe you don't have or not everyone has, but some have traditionally about the nature of the law, the Old Testament, the Pharisees, and then Jesus. 
one of the one of the misconceptions about the law is in the in the Pharisees particularly is that see the Pharisees were men of the Old Testament. They kept the law, every jot and tittle, and they were all into obedience and bordering on legalism. And Jesus came to do away with the law, to do away with the Old Testament, to do away with the system of the Pharisees. And he, and he inaugurates a new ethic, a new system of grace and mercy. And, and, and that's, a, that's a misconception, I think, because when we look at Matthew 5, I don't think Jesus is doing anything of the sort. I think what he's doing is communicating how we are to rightly understand and interpret the law and to compare and contrast that to the Pharisees who are actually not very serious about the law at all. Now, let me explain where, where we're going. So look at Matthew 5, verse 17. And I think this is pivotal for understanding the whole Sermon on the Mount. He says, do not think that I have come to abolish the law of the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Now here, listen to this verse 20. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And I think Jesus, when he says this about the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, he's not using a literary device. He's not exaggerating. He's not doing a play on words. I think that he means this seriously, okay, literally. I think when you when you when he says that he has come to fulfill the law and not one jot tittle iota will pass away um, that he's come to fulfill the law that that Jesus is giving the highest okay uh, regard for the Old Testament for the holiness of God for the character of God and he's and he's telling the people you think the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees take the law seriously? <laughs> well, let me tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that, you won't see the kingdom, okay? Now, why would Jesus say such a thing? About the, because we usually think about the scribes and the Pharisees, again, very religious, very law-keeping, but when you look a little closer, okay, at the life of the Pharisees in the Gospel of Matthew, you realize this was anything but the case. So if you have your Bibles, I sure hope you do. Turn over to Matthew 23. And this is the point right before the last, it's the last week of Jesus's life. Jesus is preaching to the people and he's sitting under the teaching steps, okay? And the offices of the scribes and the Pharisees in the temple are, are right above him. And he proceeds to give seven woes to the scribes and Pharisees, okay? And, and listen, to, um, listen to his introduction in Matthew 23 to, this, to, to these woes. He says, the scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' feet, so do and observe what they tell you, but not the works they do, for they preach, but do not practice. So in other words, they made a big show about being obedient, but they're not really obedient. Look at, um, down, look, go down to verse 23 in chapter 23. 
But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. So in other words, they made a big deal about tithing and giving all the way down to the spices in their kitchen. And Jesus said, that's good. You should do that. That's part of the Old Testament law. However, however, you've neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy. In other words, he's pointing to their hearts. He's pointing to this idea that they were interested in the law only at a superficial nature, only at a point where they were seen um, and admired by others. And it appeared that they were being righteous and obedient, but yet deep down, okay, they are corrupted. And this is why in verse 25 in chapter 23, Jesus says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup and the plate, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and the plate, then the outside also may be clean. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead people's bones and all uncleanness. So you also outwardly appear righteous to others, but within you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Okay, let's go back to Matthew 5. Do you understand now what was really happening with the, with the scribes and Pharisees? They weren't serious about the law at all. And meaning, if you're not serious about the law, you're not serious about God. You're not serious about the holiness of God. We're going to find this out in in Peter, 1 Peter, as we're studying on Sunday mornings the next couple of weeks, that the law is a reflection of the character of God. And, and the problem with the scribes and Pharisees, they were more interested in what people thought about them and less about what God thought about them. And so, so Jesus has this banner of saying, let me, let me tell you what the law is really all about. It's really all about a reflection in the character of God and a heart relationship between you and your king and your creator and so look back at matthew 5 and we see that jesus um, has five or six sections here where he says that you have heard it said okay you have heard it said but i say to you um, and then he provides an explanation so like he talks about anger and murder lust divorce oaths retaliation loving your neighbors and, and what Jesus is doing here, he's not abolishing the Old Testament law. He is not um, reinterpreting the Old Testament law. He's explaining the Old Testament law and giving it its deepest meaning. It, it's, he's, he's getting under the surface to say that what God is really interested in terms of us and his people as citizens of the king is our, is our hearts. He doesn't want just our surface obedience when deep down our heart is fundamentally corrupt. And so, so Jesus is saying, so for example, look at verse 21. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, which is true. And Jesus says, but I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. So in other words, God's not just interested that you don't kill someone, okay? He's also interested deep down how you love and serve and treat your brothers and sisters. The same thing with lust in verse 27. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery, which is true. But I'm telling you, if you look at a woman 
with adulterous thoughts. You've committed adultery with her in your heart. Same thing with divorce, oaths, retaliation. Okay, do you, do you see what Jesus is doing here? He is, he's not abolishing the law. He's not setting it aside. He is not reinterpreting it. Um, he is saying the law is good because it's a reflection of the character of God. The problem is not with the law. <laughs> the problem is with us and our hearts. And so one of the things that we should do as we come away from reading this first chapter in, in Matthew 5, the Sermon on the Mount, is to say, God, my heart is being exposed here because I realize I do lust, I do, ang I, I, I do become angry, I do lie, I do retaliate, I don't love my enemies. And it should send us running back to the cross of Christ for mercy and grace and forgiveness. We don't want to be like the Pharisees who, who read all these matters of the law and said, I'm good. I've done them. I've checked them off. And, and Jesus says, you have no idea what's going on here. Your, your hearts are corrupt, which means that your relationship with me, relationship with my father is corrupt. And so as, as people of the book, okay, and we'll kind of round this out and close this down here. As people of the book, we come to God's word first understanding that it's a reflection of his character. It's a reflection of his holiness. And we're not looking for ways to get around it. In fact, we are looking for ways to have that law through the power of the spirit penetrate into the deepest recesses of our hearts and to have the Holy Spirit change us from the inside out. And of course, as we read these texts, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna be convicted because we do all of these, all of these things. It's better to be honest with yourself about who you are and to be able to confess that to God, to receive mercy and grace and forgiveness, rather than to live in denial or hypocrisy as the, as the religious leaders did, pretend there's something that they're not, and all the while be heaping corruption and judgment upon their own, their own souls. And so when, when we come to see that Jesus is the king, you know, unpacking the charter for the kingdom and what it means to be a citizen, it's a beautiful thing. Obedience to Jesus Christ, submission to him as our Lord and King is a beautiful thing. And it's where we find peace in our hearts, peace in our consciences, and um, and, and God's mercy and grace to meet us in those places where we fall, fall short. So that's Matthew chapter five. On Monday, we'll be back here Monday for Matthew chapter six, and we're gonna hear uh, about giving and the Lord's prayer and fasting and not being anxious and just such an amazing, amazing section of scripture. All right, so let's pray uh, for Oaks and commit our day and our weekend to him. Lord Jesus, um, we realize um, our hearts, apart from your sanctifying grace, are corrupt. And there is no way we can ever obey perfectly the law. And Lord, we don't wanna be, be, be seeking obedience as a way of justifying ourselves, but really as a way of responding to your grace, your kingship, your lordship. And so Father, give us the grace to do that today. Give us the grace when we fall short and we ask that you would go before us this weekend and today in Jesus' name, amen. All right, see you Sunday live stream, 10 a.m. right here, Four Oaks.
uh, and then back Monday 8 a.m. for 